So the story in Luke is this. Uh, Jesus is typed in Jerusalem to his Google Maps, and he's going to Jerusalem from his wildly impactful um, and significant ministry in Galilee. And uh, today he's with his entourage traveling southward um, in kind of a geographic as well as religious no man's land, this region between Galilee and Samaria. And we are told that uh, as they are on their way, they meet a group of lepers. Um, As you would, of course, remember and know, uh, leprosy was a very, very serious disease of the ancient world. Uh, People who were identified as having leprosy were um, isolated uh, from their communities, from their families, from their religious uh, communities, and um, uh, exiled into colonies uh, for fear of contagion. And these colonies were usually situated close to major thoroughfares in the ancient world so that lepers would um, have means for their livelihood, principally through begging. And we assume that's what's happening here today. The lepers see Jesus and his followers coming closer. Um, They uh, get at an appropriate distance where they can shout to be heard, but not so close to be uh, contagious to them. And they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Um, It does sound as if there's something a little more going on than can you spare some change. Uh, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus responds to this in a pretty odd way. He says, get up and go to your priests and show yourselves. And why would he say that? Well, as we know from the book of Leviticus and elsewhere, um, it, was, it was the Jewish priests who would um, have to reinstate people into the religious life of the community. So a priest would have to inspect somebody uh, who had previously had been diagnosed with leprosy to see whether or not they were cured, whether they were healed and brought back in. So Jesus sends them to the priests. They are not yet healed. He's told them to do something, and alas, they are, in fact, healed along the way. So I was trying to think of an illustration of this. Uh, It's kind of like if uh, one of my two sons comes into me in the evening and says, hey, Dad, we don't have any milk. We don't have any more flaming hot Cheetos. And I would say, well, go to the store and get some. I don't have any money. Say, well, go to the store and some dollars will miraculously appear in your account by the time you get there. <laughs> and so they go, trusting that that will be the case. So miraculously, these 10 lepers are healed, but only one of them, a foreigner, no less, a Samaritan, returns, approaches Jesus, falls prostrate before him to express gratitude. And Jesus asks, where are the rest? It's a really odd story with enough peculiar details in it um, to uh, give it uh, a kind of an, an air of historical veracity. It sounds like it's a true story. And I want to tell you that my sense is the question it raises is not whether we Christians believe God will bestow mercy on us. All 10 lepers were healed. The great question for us Christians is that in believing in God's mercy, are we sensitized to just how much we need it? And in being sensitized to how much we need God's mercy and in receiving it, do we orient our lives continually to Jesus in gratitude? I think it's significant that it is leprosy 
that is the disease of the day. Um, Jesus healed many different things. Today we're dealing with leprosy. Some of you have heard me speak of my fondness for the writings of Paul Brand. Paul Brand was a British-born 20th century Christian missionary to India. Uh, He was also an orthopedic surgeon. And when he arrived in India to begin his missionary work, one of the things that uh, profoundly touched him was this cast of untouchables in Indian culture that included lepers. And he decided to devote his ministry to trying to help lepers. And one of, and he, he revolutionized our understanding and our treatment of leprosy the world over. What is leprosy? It had really been misdiagnosed. Leprosy is the loss of sensitivity. Sensitivity is the body's means of absorbing information, transmitting the sensation to the brain so that the brain can make a meaningful translation of what is actually going on with our bodies. So it's the difference between looking and really seeing. It's the difference between hearing sounds and having the capacity to listen. It's the difference between seeing a nail stuck in your foot and feeling it. Ouchie. So leprosy causes its victims to lose sensation, the loss of the ability to make this translation from what's actually happening to the body into a meaningful interpretation of what's going on in the brain. Wounds do not heal because the person who has the wound doesn't even know they have a wound. And if you don't treat a wound, it festers. And then that's contagious, and that can kill you. Brand once said, and listen to this, if he could give one gift to lepers, if he could give one gift to lepers, it would be this, the gift of pain. The key part of the healing of the lepers that Jesus affects here was about the return of pain. If their leprosy was healed, then they could feel pain again. The return of sensitivity to all the ways that we need, not religion so much, go see the priests, but that we need Jesus as the really the only one who can bring the mercy and the healing for all the brokenness, the sins, and the hurts of our lives. So what if the greatest obstacle to being truly aware of the mercy and the healing love of Jesus was our insensitivity to pain in our life, a kind of practiced, long-developed series of habits that cover over the things in our lives that are broken or not right. Now, it's not a good idea to walk through life with, I'm just an open wound. But, but our, our tendency here at St. George's is exactly to run it in the opposite direction, to ignore, to deny that we have wounds in the first place. We can become like lepers, insensitive to our deepest neediness. We can bury it. We can put it under layers of things like emotional cheer, a stiff upper lip, harder work. And it gets pushed into secret private chambers of our hearts and even in our homes. And dutiful religion is never enough to deal with that, just coming to church. Although, do that too. We need Jesus as the motivation that brings us into religion. He's already offered this healing. It's already happened on the cross. Everybody in the story gets healed, do they not? All ten. 
Everybody gets healed, but only one of them is truly saved. So a good friend of mine about six years ago, I've known him for a good while, he shared something with me that I thought was really important, and some of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about, a very important truth. He said that whenever life begins to feel stressful, pay attention to whatever pops out. When life squeezes you, what is it that spills forth? Is it an eruption of anger, lust, work harder to succeed, fear, resentment, eating, shopping? Because we all have figurative nails in our feet. The question is, are we sensitized to the pain and what really is causing that? Ooh, what was that? Why did I respond like that? There's something else underneath that, and I need to take that to Jesus. I need to be honest about that. Because if we don't do that, we end up like lepers. It can kill us. So I want to end uh, with um, something I read a while back about Elie Wiesel. Some of you know the name. Elie Wiesel died a couple of years ago. He was a Holocaust survivor, uh, author of some 40 different books. He was perhaps most well-known for his short novel called Night, which is an autobiographical story about a, a young boy in a concentration camp during the Holocaust. Wiesel grew up with a robust Jewish faith, but not surprisingly, the Holocaust quenched it, shattered it. He spent his adolescent years, can you imagine this if you were an adolescent? He spent his adolescent years in Buchenwald and Auschwitz. He saw his own family members with his own eyes sent to the crematorium. Well, it was Eugene Peterson, who also just died a couple of years ago, who uh, shares that when he was living in Maryland, um, he read in the morning paper that Elie Wiesel was going to be in his town and speaking that night at the local college. He'd been a long uh, admirer of Wiesel, and he said, look, honey, let's go. So they, he and his wife went to hear Wiesel speak. He had no idea what the talk was going to be on, and Wiesel was introduced, goes up in front of a crowd of 700 people and opened a Bible to the book of Genesis and talked for a solid 60 minutes on the call of Abraham. And uh, Peterson said, might as well have been a Wednesday night in local Baptist church. He said, could not believe it. So the question is, what happened to Wiesel in those intervening years between the experience of the Holocaust uh, and that night? I suspect, and this is presumptuous of me, but I suspect that in some way, spiritual and emotional sensitivity returned to him. And that through the years, decades in fact, it became not enough simply to write about the Holocaust, kind of at arm's length, but to become more and more honest about what it had done to him personally. And with the return of spiritual and emotional sensitivity came a return to faith, that he could do that and talk about Abraham and his call, and God's presence in his life. So to be saved, to be truly saved, is sensitivity to why we need salvation in the first place. Some of us would never wish to God to have it, but might find that the greatest gift we could be given 
is the gift of pain, by which I only mean honesty about the pain you already have. Honesty about the brokenness we all carry within our hearts. And the next time you feel that bubble up, squirt out here or pop out there, just be sensitive to that. And would you take it to Christ and say, here it is. Here's why you came in the first place. Once again, I prostrate myself before you. Everybody's healed in the end. Here, only one is saved.